Oh, I think, you know, if you've been in this business for more than five minutes, you know that this business is about having a voice. It's about companionship. It's about making a contribution. It's about listening too. a lot of people think about doing something themselves or being a part of something untraditional in our business, an Internet radio station or a podcast. But it's very different actually doing it. Today's guest knows. By the way, today's guest is blind, and we're going to talk about that. But I need to point this out. Number one for him, number one, he does not allow that to keep him from doing anything that he wants to do. I think you're going to hear that. Today's guest has climbed the mountain, so to speak. We're going to get to that, too. And that's a great guest for us to learn from on our podcast. Welcome to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast on Apple, Audible, Spotify, almost anywhere you get your podcast. Our number one goal is always to encourage radio pros at all levels. If you are a regular listener of this podcast, you know what this is about. We drop a fresh weekly episode featuring a radio pro working right now, in, usually in the United States or across Canada each Sunday, as we say on our regular weekly event to enjoy our podcast. You only need to be interested in others and be open to encouragement, advice, connection, that's important too, right? Tools to get ahead and ways to make your radio career more profitable and successful. We are also home of a special quarterly radio sales exclusive event designed to help local sellers get more sales out of each coming quarter. That's kind of cool. This is the advertising business and what could be better than having the encouragers rally your sellers to grow more revenue. My name is Lloyd Ford. I'm with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works, or what we call ourselves RPC. Our practice is an actual multiplier, helping local radio generate higher ratings and higher revenue. And that means our work goes uh, in a lot of directions inside radio stations, including helping our clients with the revenue side too. Ideas are the new technology. Where do your ideas come from? Reach out anytime to see how we create opportunity revenue for our clients. We will help you. We can help you. Schedule a meetup by email. It's so easy. Uh, first consultation is free. F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. We're just a moment or two away from welcoming Brandon Charles from The Mountain Radio, Assistant Music Director, Talent Coordinator of The Mountain. A big thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, which is available uh, just about anywhere you want to pick up a podcast. Of course, we make this interview available just moments after it actually happens live. And we do share it in social media as well. And a thank you to Joe Kelly for producing our podcast and JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing the podcast. By the way, while you're here for our podcast event, please know that we have 100 plus interview based episodes with radio pros all over our archive. So like as soon as you subscribe, boom, you're there. I say that because a lot of people are hearing us through social media as well. We also have 750 articles on our site. These are articles of encouragement 
and we don't hide anything our, on our site. So you can literally get encouragement for morning shows, sales managers, on-air talent of all kinds, salespeople, market managers, and local radio station owners. We believe in the power of local radio today and the importance of sharing the 21st century radio story with the advertisers, community, and thought leaders today. See what you could get for free from our team with our free blog section at rainmakerpathway.com anytime, including our encouraging sales success series and our more than live and local guest series. And now let's see what we can learn from this week's guest. Brandon, welcome to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally. How are you, sir? I am doing great, Lloyd. How are you this morning? I'm really good. And listen, uh, I'm going to get right into it with you because you're a guy of high passion and it started early with you, really. Tell me about you as a listener of B94 in Pittsburgh and getting on the air. Oh, it's just, I, it might have actually even been one of the earliest words out of my mouth. I, I just always remember loving radio. I know you mentioned at the beginning that I was blind. And, and, and the one thing I always loved being blind is that radio is the great leveler. It's an audio medium that no matter who you are, whether you are blind or whether you can see, radio is that theater of the mind. And especially in the 90s when I was growing up, I, I got to hear listener calls on the air and different personalities bringing life to it. Uh, I was mostly a listener through the 90s, just kind of hearing things. And occasionally, I would get shout outs on the air. But then in the early 2000s, I really started just to, you know, I say I was on the station, even though I wasn't actually on the station, I would always call for, uh, you know, top 40 stations always have their top eight countdowns. Uh, you engaged this station, right? Yes, all the time. Uh, like yes. pretty much from 2000, pretty much through 2004, uh, pretty much all the personalities on that radio station I talked to a lot of the time. And, you know, fortunately, I still have a good relationship with many of them, even, you know, so many years later. But yeah, as a teenage kid, I used to talk to them all the time and they would they would entertain my questions as someone who just wanted to learn about what is CHR and, you know, how do you do this? And so this is the funny thing about being a guest DJ on their station. So I was somebody who listened to their station all the time. Thus, I knew about their contests. So it got to a point where when I would call to be a guest DJ on the top eight, they would give me the song title. I would already just sell their contest. They wouldn't tell me what the contest was. I would just say, hey, this is Brandon from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Be sure to be listening tonight for the simple plan ticket giveaway. Adam Baum's going to have your cue to win at about 8.30. And at number five on the top eight at eight tonight is Perfect by Simple Plan on B94. And I would just do right. that. I, like they would give me like, okay, number five, Simple Plan, Perfect, B94. All right, cool. Let's go. All right. So that's a tip off right there that Brandon knows Adam Baum. And you can go back in our archives and listen to that episode. So, so listen, Brandon, you're from Pittsburgh. Did you love Pittsburgh radio or is it just B94 or, or who was your favorite to listen to? I really think it's important to listen to all sorts of different kinds of radio. You know what? Actually, right at the top, this just came right in my mind right now. And I want to give a shout out to him because uh, he needs to get a shout out. Um, the late Charlie Mitchell from Y108 in Pittsburgh, uh, one of the most passionate Pittsburgh radio personalities I ever got the chance to get to know. 
Um, you know, he was in that building a lot as well. Uh, he helped me out through college and through these last 10 years, but you know, whether it was B94 or Y108 or even just listening to, uh, even their competitor, uh, kiss FM, uh, when it came on the air with, uh, people like Jason Kidd, uh, who's uh, doing stuff with virtualjock.com and, uh, JJ Kincaid, who's now syndicated with, uh, Kincaid and Dallas, you know, being, being mm-hmm. able to hear them in their early career. Uh, Pittsburgh has been a town where a lot of people who are now national stars, I mean, even the Woody show, I mean, a lot of national stars started there. I mean, Jeff Fife started in Pittsburgh, uh, in the late nineties, actually, uh, you know, I'm one of the local stations around there. So it's just kind of interesting that Pittsburgh was actually the starting ground. I mean, yeah, Kobe Fargo as well. Afternoon guys to call the time syndicated on all summit media's classic rock stations so i guess if you're gonna start somewhere great start in pittsburgh everybody talks about new york but pittsburgh is i think a very underrated radio market and as far as all of the talent that have passed through there uh i i think that the one thing about it is many of the stations like your wdv the classic rock station for example there's not very much talent turnover so it's really great if you like traditional radio and you want to listen to the same uh, talent for for several decades, but it's also uh, great where you know I was fortunate in the '90s and 2000s to hear so many different personalities on the uh, on the top 40 and country stations just really uh, perform radio with just flawless execution, especially when phone rush was a thing. I think that I was really fortunate to be able to be a part of that. I hate to say it, but the, sort of the last generation of phoners. I mean, those mm. were so solid. I mean, I even got to run them in college. And I, I just feel like when the iPhone really picked up in popularity, like by 2013, it felt like it was... I'm not saying they don't exist anymore. I'm just saying they don't happen as often. And I Brandon, feel like there was a magic to it. I'm going to say this. I'm just going to drop this right here. Uh, if you're on the air, you're on the air with your show. So you are responsible for crafting whatever occurs. That includes phone calls, believe it or not. And so phone calls can still be a very relevant, exciting part of radio. If the talent has tactics and strategies to include them in their show. So I'm going to shift on you a little bit because we always like to talk, you know, this, this whole group came out of the pandemic. And yes. this podcast came out of the pandemic and our whole thing was, hey, it's really a good time for encouragement in the radio business. One of the things we like to look at is education, not so much for your bona fide nature of your education, because people often end up doing something else than their education anyway, mm-hmm. but for how it impacted you. So let's talk about your time at California University of Pennsylvania, which sounds like what? Wait, what? What was yeah. your goal? And what did you learn from that period of time? Uh, really, my goal there, especially if, if to really put it simply, was to be independent. That was what my need was. Mm-hmm. I felt that I needed to discover who I was. I was really happy when I could finally uh, get away because I think that you know I needed to be in my own environment. Uh, there were times when I feel like my family might have felt a very limiting ability for me. And I knew that I wanted to travel. I wanted to meet people of different cultures. I wanted to talk with different people. It's the thing about radio is that it's a very social medium, right? So uh, I actually even by then realized uh, right before I went to California University, I went to a community college and I realized that I wanted to major in sociology. 
uh, which is funny because I heard Adam Baum say the same thing. Um, hmm. But uh, so because I it, and how it's important to understand cultures and how humans interact, and I realized it really was. So I had the major in sociology, but the radio station was just there. And, and honestly, I didn't have a lot going on during the weekends. I would go down there, Lloyd, and I would sit down there. I would understand the playlist. At the time, I think I was playing a lot of active rock because the station was still kind of known for breaking a lot of active rock artists. I would sit down there for 16 hours straight, just not really a playlist picked, but just knowing how to basically make a playlist. I Like Saturday night into Sunday morning to the next jock showed up. I'm like, well it would be just automated music otherwise. And I'm not doing anything. So I'm just going to sit down here and learn how to get better at radio. So I did. Oh, interesting. All right. So you just said something a minute ago that's like a really interesting pivot. Ray Charles always said that he never wanted sight or lack of sight to be his story. He wanted to be independent. It was more than that for him. Same for you, right? Yes. Uh, it's something I always aspire to. Uh, I was uh, fortunate enough to go to a public school. Uh, the one thing I can really say that really benefited me is academics was something I benefited very highly from. I was very fortunate to be at a school where my needs were met. I learned how to read Braille at a very early age, like at three or four. I was very involved with the arts, uh, playing the piano and keyboard. I, you know, I really think that you know, when you get good at something like socializing or you get good at something like being a personality, being around, yeah. especially if you're on a music brand, uh, you know, being around the arts and, and being able to read and being able to do all this stuff is so important and having that exposure just as anyone, but especially for me and especially for blind people, because, I mean, there's a at least a 70 percent. Uh, unemployment rate in the country for people with disabilities overall, uh, and, you know, and people 70%. It's high. I mean, people don't realize this, but the thing is, and a lot of it has, it should be leveling out because of the technology that exists. We have access to a lot of the technology, but the thing is, is there's still a lot of, I mean, if you really think about it, so the Americans with Disabilities Act was passed in 1991, and it was pretty much, I was born in 1989. So pretty much in my lifetime, I've kind of seen a lot of this technology come into existence, kind of seen a lot of this Kind of, so I'm still kind of making sense of it. I'm still in that first generation that's sort of making sense of what to do with this and how I'm going to lobby and fight for myself as an independent young blind adult who wants to fight for myself, but also the rights for others around me so that they can get the employment and jobs they deserve. Because while I'm a radio person, I'm definitely a people person first. I want people mm-hmm. to feel like they're living the life they deserve, you know, like a basic that's human true. life. Yeah, people like to be valued. Listen, yeah. you. You were a producer at Arlington Independent Media. I want you to tell us about this work and tell us about Arlington Independent Media. How did you get involved and what was that experience like for you? It was really great. It's so funny. I found all this stuff automatically, like just through mere influence. Like I was just like, you know, I wonder if there's something I can get involved in. I was feeling like I didn't have any radio to get involved in. It was 2016, 2017. Uh, I was involved in college radio, obviously, with California University of Pennsylvania. I had a college community hybrid, and I'd just been off the air for a few years. I was like, you know, I'd really love to get back on the air. And I, this station went on the air uh, late in 2016. I was in Maryland at the time, living with uh, a friend of mine. And it's it was amazing. When I went down there for a tour, people could not have been nicer. It was originally a public access television station, but they 
uh, applied for Aloha Power FM when the window opened up. And they had just got the license for WERA, uh, which they were going for We Are Radio Arlington uh, LP. Uh, in late 2016, it went on the air. And you know they were having different community members apply for shows. And I took a dive off of the deep end. And I was doing music radio for most of my radio life. I, I would do personality radio. I could go on the air and have conversations. But I figure I'm going to try to do a talk show. I'm just going to oh, go for it. Different, that's a whole different level, right? Yes. I'm going to plunge right into this. And I'm going to have conversations with people who have different disabilities. And I don't know anything about these because I learned a lot about being blind from being at various blindness conventions. But I feel that I wanted to put my, you know, my passion where my mouth is because, you know, like I just said, there's such a misunderstanding of people with various disabilities and we all need to be fighting this fight together and going through this movement. So I thought I need to be better educated and it's going to make me a better uh, interviewer. It's going to make me better at getting to know people and knowing things as I move forward. And, you know, it really did, you know, when I got ready to do my, yeah, when I got ready to do my first show and I got a call from somebody who I met uh, from, I guess, one of the, I think one of the potlucks uh, from Arlington media, they would have a lot of those get togethers with their community members. Uh, I think she was blind and she was a marathon runner. Uh, locally in Arlington, and we were talking, and I, I had a. I remember it was a really crappy day. I don't know. I was having a really bad day, and she called me, and we were talking about the new show that I was about to start soon. And she was so excited that somebody wanted to know about her and how she copes with blindness and marathon runner. And I realized that at that moment, this is going to be way bigger than me. This is yeah, going to be right. way bigger than who I am. And I need to be ready. I need to be focused. I need to be, you know, and. And I was, and it was a really great time. And I did that for about two and a half years. And I'm really excited that I'm actually going to be relaunching it as uh, soon as a podcast with my fiance, uh, Amy. We're going to uh, be talking to a lot of people like that. But, uh, you know, I'm also glad I took the break on it. But it was a really great experience. And over the two and a half years of doing it, I met people and got jobs from it that I would have never expected just by committing to, I'm going to find somebody, whether I know them or I don't. And I'm going to talk to them for an hour every week. No, no wait a minute. I'm just going to see what happens. Do you have a name for this soon to be relaunched podcast? Uh, we call it the Brandon and Amy show right now. Cause it's kind of mm -hmm. uh, what we had it called. I'm, I think it pretty much speaks to who we are. Cause I think we're still going to do uh, some broadcasts of kind of how we interact as a couple. Uh, we, we met each other in the pandemic uh, about three years ago. I actually came out here and we, are not sick of each other. We've been around each other like 24 seven and we get along, like we have conversations with each other, kind of like almost as if any, you know, morning duo would. So it's kind of like, I'm really excited to bring her in on this. She wasn't in the original incarnation, but I'm really excited right. because she's really excited about this too. And I took her and, and I have this way with people. I did this from college onward. I have this way with people where I'm like, you have a great voice you need to try podcasting or you need to try voiceover. You need to try this. So I have her try and voiceovers and podcasting and different things like that. And I've been getting her to express herself and it's been really her helping her at her job. So now she's going to be interviewing people with me and it's really been helping her conduct her workshops. So it's just really interesting. The secondary skills that people can gain from teaching them how to be good communicators, especially with college radio, things like that. And or Brandon, with podcasting. Brandon, you seem like an encourager. So, so let's do this. Let's, uh, let's talk about your first experience being on the radio. And, and I'm talking about as a, 
you know, being in radio. Okay. Like being in radio, like on the radio myself, correct? That's it. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with the college because I, I just, I love being in an actual radio studio. I'll still will always love that. I mean, I track these days, huh? but I love being in a studio. And I remember uh, it was Friday evening for, I think it was 2008, was it 2008, 2009? All this time's blending together anymore, anymore. Um, let's see. So yes, it was Friday night. I was covering for the rock show that evening. And I just remember going in there, starting to play. I kind of had some ideas of what I wanted to do and the phone lines just lit up that night. And it was just great. And I just, everybody was welcoming me and it was really wonderful. I feel like it got the last good years of like when everybody was still, you know, college radio was in its prime still. And I think that I was giving people a variety of music, you know, this was before people take this for granted. Spotify really wasn't a big thing until like 2013, 2014. And it was later in the U S than it was over in Europe. Right. Yeah, like it didn't really take over in the States until like the mid 2010s. So mm-hmm. I pretty much still owned that demo for most of that time. Like that's why going on even like at midnight or one in the morning and playing music was still worth it for me because like those I'm so glad if anything, whatever happens in the future for me in radio, I'm so glad I got to have those few years of like I was nice. always sort of the outcast and I felt like that was where I blended and bonded with people. The funny thing is, is actually the, the original show name for the show on my college station. And I actually mm-hmm. evolved it into the show name for the advocacy, advocacy show was breaking boundaries. I named it that first because I heard a rock promo that said rock with no boundaries. So I named it. as That a actually sounds promo. like a good name for your podcast, by the way. Yeah, right. It, it, it's, it's weird. It started out as just a music show where I played heavier rock and then it kind of evolved into the breaking boundaries sort of thing. I, I don't know. Should I bring that back and make that as a podcast again? Because I called it that for a few years, actually. When I was in Arlington, well, you use that, what it was you called. Use that name, but the interview premise that you talked about before. Let's talk yeah. about you you doing afternoons at WTXY or Cool yes. 103.9 FM and AM 1540. Uh, what do yes. you like about that format? Uh, the thing I love most about it is that I got to work with somebody named Justin Wright. He is a guy that I looked up to for many years. He uh, So I used to go on vacations a lot in the summer months. And obviously, as many of us know, anyone who's listening who's in radio right now pretty much already knows where I'm going with this. What's the one thing you love doing when you're on vacation? Listen to the radio stations where you're at. So I got to listen to K92 in Roanoke. And then I got to listen to Kiss 95.1 in Charlotte. Both still great, successful top 40 stations, by the way. It's great. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was on both of them uh, throughout the years. And I would call him and be in touch with him. And uh, he needed somebody to, he was doing a gig uh, temporarily. Uh, This was during the pandemic in 2020. So it was a very temporary thing, but he uh, kind of morphed it from a typical 80s classic hit station into a sort of adult hits presentation from the 80s and early 2000s through the early 2000s. It's kind of funny now when I listen to stations like CBS FM in New York because they're kind of now catching up with what we were doing like three years ago. But uh, yeah, it was fun. I really got to learn on, on the job, really. I had a, an afternoon shift that I was doing and, and he was really great to work for because, you know, we stayed in contact. It was really great. And he... Uh, he's since moved on to open a Kava place in Wilmington, uh, you know, about uh, outside of Whiteville. He, him and I had a great time doing this. And then I worked with a great staff, people like Christopher Colley and 
Daryl Jackson, who were also part of that staff. It was a great time, but short lived, but, you know, but it was great to work with Justin as a pinch hitter to kind of fill in for him to be able to do the favor for him because he was there for me when I was asking questions, he would tell me kind of going back to that thing. I was talking about pastoring people. I would do that all the time in the early two thousands, you know, on various stations around the country, I would call people and, you know, they would be nice enough to answer my questions. So when you had that, afternoon so interesting. Opening, you're such a people person, you know, let's talk it's about so weird because I'm an introvert too. That's what's so weird about that. Really? I love talking. I'm such an introvert. I'm a people person and an introvert. It's so weird. I think what it is, Lloyd is like, for example, like with this, it's a one-on-one. I love that one-on-one talk. Nice. That being in crowds thing kind of intimidates me, but I really love talking to a person. It's great. Nice. Well, listen, do you have a favorite format? Uh, you know, I was I was thinking about this, you know, and, and you know, I've asked, been asked this question by a few people. You know, I, I, what my favorite format is? A station that actually cares about the community of listeners it serves. That's the format. Whatever format that is, that's the format I like. I've heard stations in formats that I don't listen to regularly, and I want to listen to that station because... They sound so great for that community and they target them so well. And and then they're actually out and involved in that community. So for me, the format is just care about the people listening to your station. That's the format I like the best. This is what I like about you is the passion. You're passionate about radio, but you're really passionate about the listener experience, aren't you? Yeah, I, I've always wanted to make sure, no matter what happens, you know, while I while I do broadcasting and while I've done some stuff over the years, uh, you know, I've been on board of directors with Aronitskin Media and in different locations. Uh, I've always wanted to be the listener, though, too. I've always listened to radio when I step off the air, even though I can kind of think of things like format clocks and how things are structured. I still listen when I want to actually unwind and listen to the radio. I want to pay attention like a listener. Like even when I'm listening back to some of my shows, like when I track shows, I try to listen to me like a listener as well, because I like, I want it to come across like, am I listening and am I having fun while I'm listening to this? Is this something I want to leave on? Is this something I actually want to listen to? Because I think we should want to listen to it. I think it's easy to like, just think naturally like, oh, I'm good. I'm getting better. But I think if you actually listen the way most of your audience is going to be hearing it, you can catch a lot of that stuff or you can still be passionate about radio and learn from somebody. You know, like I think, I think everybody listening to this, I, I, I think I can safely say every single person listening to this is inspired by Broadway Bill Lee. I think that's pretty fair. It's pretty I great, right? Yeah. yeah. I was listening to him a lot this week. I really just enjoy, he can get something done in like 15 seconds and I'm like, Oh my yeah. goodness. I quit. Yeah, but you I'm know done. what? You know what, though? Here's what's so crazy. If you go back in our archives and you you listen to our episode with him, he was so insightful about how much hard work he puts into what he does and how much he cares about what he's doing and the experience that people are having. So it's really incredible. But he's why we should care. He's exactly why we should care about what we're putting out there. Well, he's certainly somebody that points to why it's important to care. Now, listen. This brings us to a really interesting thing. And I feel like, man, this is a loaded question with you because you've already pointed out that you, even though you're an introvert, one-on-one, you're really, it doesn't bother you to reach out to somebody. 
Have you had a mentor in our business or in your personal life? And if so, can you share like a quick story about how they've influenced your life? I feel like the two people that mentored me the most, especially in those early years, uh, especially Charlie Mitchell as well, like I mentioned earlier, but uh, Adam Baum, of course, as I mentioned earlier, and also Kobe Fargo, uh, who was Afternoons. I, When the station flipped to Active Rock in 2004, I still somehow found them. The internet was coming into its own, and I somehow found them both at their later gigs, and I would call them and still stay in touch with them. And you know, through my teenage years, as I was kind of transitioning into uh, college radio and I would talk to them and and obviously Adam went to the same college that I did so that's where we stayed in touch even more because uh, you know we were alum of uh, the same college and that he guy was so impressive he is impressive I loved that episode by the way can I just say that I was so happy and then that was right around the time we were establishing the details for me to be on here and then yes. I heard that and I was just like I'm so happy that like I know I'm going to be pretty much within a month and a half of that guy because he is the generation right before me. And he is the person, especially seeing what he's evolved into and is seeing what his priorities are. So when I think about that, honestly, you know, when I think of Kobe and Adam, the thing I think I learned most from them isn't even necessarily about radio in as much as it is how to be present for your family and how to just be a decent, positive human being. Just be a positive human being. And look, with him, it is about being a positive human being, and it is about his family. Yes. Yeah. Very cool. I love – the right. thing I love about both of them, just real quick before I fire yeah. this up, the thing I love about both of them is I talk to them as like a fan, and I always ask them radio questions in the early 2000s. Now the thing I love about them most – and this is advice, you know, if you really want to actually become friends with people. I love that I get to talk to them about things that are completely unrelated to radio. Now, I love that I can talk with them about like, how's your family doing? Like, how's life in this city you're in now? Like, how's life kind of adjusting this new gig? You know, like things like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah very cool. Uh, listen, now I'm going to put you under a lot of pressure because All right. you're involved in something kind of cool. Tell us about the mountain and be really specific. I want you to tell us how it came about. I want you to tell us your involvement in it. And I want you to tell us how we go listen to it. Okay. Um, so once again, this is another one of those things. And I just praise be to God, because I just feel like there's always an opportunity in front of me when I need it the most, uh, you know, because I was doing a weekend show for a while where I kind of just do it my own, picking my own music and stuff like that. And it was fine. But honestly, I really love the way this works because of it being team effort that it is. Uh, so uh, somebody had already launched this. I, I, I always like to keep up with every kind of radio, whether it's FM radio, internet radio, whatever it is. There was an app I had, and yep. I don't know. Just one night I was up, and I was like, let me go through their adult album alternative category and see what, what's in there. And I found this, and I just messaged the guy, and uh, and I said, hey, you know, this sounds really good. You have a really decent thing started. I really like what you're doing. Um, and it turns out that, this, uh, that his name is Ben. He actually does part-time at... WKLB in Boston. Congrats to Ben. He's like 21 years old and he's doing more with his career than I think so many of us did at his age. But he interned. Yes, dude. He's the guy, honestly, you really need to talk to. He's really wonderful and he's become a great friend over the uh, hour. But he's the main programmer of the station, the main social media guy. Kind of, you know, uh, we have Corbin who does some social media stuff as well. But uh, Ben pretty much kind of keeps things organized and running. But, uh, But he interned at the River in Boston and he... I wanted to kind of, he was really passionate about this format. And the funny thing is, is this is around the age 
Um, I'm 34 now. This is about the age I was when I was really passionate about this. So I tell us what the the format is. Okay. It's adult album alternative. I really just, the name really doesn't say much to what it is, but I feel like it, it really leans forward into the indie rock and soul and, and, and kind of country music. That sounds like the music that you grew up with. Like, I think the thing I love most about this is while I, you know, you need to have a name, I guess, for for genres. But I feel like the thing that's really damned at most is a is a is a place for music discovery. Is we call it the music discovery station, but it's it's just that format label. But you know, like for example, there's a band called The Sacred Souls. They sound literally, if you listen to a new album from The Sacred Souls, they literally sound like a Motown band, straight out of the '60s. There are bands coming out right now, straight out of the '60s. There's there's like the top five of the charts, I can literally name the bands and it kind of has a lot of that 60s, 70s revival sound. So in some aspects, you know, you see a lot of these articles in the trade publications. Uh, people don't listen, listen to new music anymore. Well, yes and no. There's actually a lot of new music that's coming out that really honors the tradition. There's of a lot of music. music coming out that's new, right? Yeah, it's great. And I think a lot now, of music, yeah, people really how, do love it. How do we listen to the mountain? Um, on we're working on other uh, smart speakers, but right now on the Amazon speakers, you can have your Amazon sm- smart speakers. Thank goodness I didn't say any wake word because uh, I have one here. Uh, tell your Amazon smart speaker to enable the mountain radio or launch the mountain radio. So it's just the mountain radio. Or uh, the other best uh, way to find it is the mtnradio.com. It's the mtnradio.com. And uh, I am afternoons on the station uh, right now. We're just uh, very music heavy. But, uh, you know, the one thing I really got to say about Ben, too, and I'm really happy about what he did. And, and I'm really happy that uh, this really worked out because this has been such a struggle area for me is the voice tracking software uh, station playlist voice tracker really works out for me to be able to do this. It's really allowed me to get in and actually do a show. We've been, and I've been able to be my theme for this year. And this is why I'm so happy that God blessed me with this opportunity. My theme for this year is work smarter, not harder. And I can actually so, learn a format like now instead of like, I, that's why I wanted to do something like this because I can actually learn a format of like AAA. Like we actually sit down, we actually go through the charts. Like, yes, we do. We go from our gut because it is something you can get away with an adult album alternative. But, this, this station sounds really good. Yeah, we really, you know, this is the great thing about having so many young people involved in it. And this is the thing I really love about it is kind of seeing them discover it. You know, we have those sing-along songs, you know, your Sublime, your Steely Dan. But the thing I really love about what we're doing and the thing that I think we specialize in is that we have great new music. We run a very tight playlist. We have, you know, I've been really branching out and kind of trying to use what I've learned from being a fan of CHR and active rock and apply that to AAA because a lot of what I hear on a lot of uh, AAA stations is very librarian oriented. And I'm not disrespecting anyone who's on that format, but I think or, libra- that, or librarians. No, at all. Not and I love that. Librarians. No, I, I love people who are music experts. I am like, I love being a music nerd, but I love the idea of playing around with the idea of being a young leaning AAA station that, mm-hmm. you know, kind of plays around with sort of that, uh, what a lot of alternative rock radio was in the nineties. It's somebody who knew about the music, but somebody who was willing to get like sarcastic or just say something random that kind of went with maybe one with the song title. And maybe it's just some random observation about the day or something going on. And maybe that's like mm-hmm. seven seconds and that's the break. And I, I, that's the one thing I realized, you know, that I, 
I missed about alternative rock radio was that just sort of that permission to be weird, not too weird where it doesn't make any sense at all, but to be weird enough to where that's what the, you know, cause if you're going to actually be called adult album alternative, somebody probably grew up listening to alternative radio. So you kind of want to be like those sort of rebellious rock personalities, you know, within reason. Let's talk about social media a little bit. You hinted a little bit about who's involved in the social media, pretty heavy for the station. Yeah. When you have an online radio station like the mountain, there's got to be a plan for getting more ears on it. Right. So what, what happens in social? I'll say this, you can never have enough social media. And I think it's the problem that many of us have, especially when you have a skeleton crew and you have a lot of people that are doing a lot of things at one time, yes. you know, when you have a lot of different projects going on, cause it's, this is a project, but it's also, you know, it's kind of something we're doing. I mean, like I, I, I get that there's a lot of internet stations out there these days, but we are running it as a very professional operation. But at the same time, it is the thing that we have to run on the side while we do what we need to do for our lives, you know, as we kind of figure out what we're doing. You know, a lot of us are the age where we're kind of figuring out that, what does that look like? Uh, but, you know, um, we kind of share the responsibilities. I'd like to see us get better at that. If I, you know, I, I hate to just call that out like that, but I would like to see mm -hmm. us get better at it. Uh, I, you know, I think the mountain radio could do a lot of great things. And I, I just think it's a matter of, trying to figure out what people want. Cause you know, you're trying to grow that organically. And it's also the thing that we're kind of trying to do too, is target people who might not know they like this music because a lot of markets don't want to invest in this format because it is kind of something you have to have certain people that know it. And it right. is kind of one of those, it does take money to operate. That's why there's certain markets with it, you know, that they have those very established, uh, non-com AAA stations, or, you know, you have the, the markets like Chicago, like uh, XRT or Denver, like BCO, that you can actually have those commercial stations with those large operators like iHeart and Odyssey, where they'll just leave them alone because they just, they bill well because they're just the heritage stations. But it sure. takes a lot of equity to build something like that. So, All right. um, so, so you would say more experimentation in social is uh where y'all are at and, and yeah it's still actually relatively new it's actually believe it or not and i found it pretty quickly after it started but it actually started in january so it's actually pretty impressive mm -hmm. i mean we did an a to z library weekend and, and had a pretty nice enough sized library to pull it off over the memorial day weekend and you know just to see how far we've come in four to five months and to kind of see what we're doing with a team of like five people uh, and to kind of see where we're going from here and what we're doing with this passion for the station. That's kind of, you know, it is, it's niche, but it's not like it plays enough hits to where people will listen and they'll be familiar enough with it. But it is one of those things where it has to be a slow and steady growth. It's slow and steady wins the race and works smarter, not harder. The two mottos I have for this station. All right. So you've got some great themes in your broadcast career where you're talking about really what I call familiar surprise, which is important for people where you're playing familiar yeah. songs, but you've got surprises for them. You talk about uh, theater of the mind earlier and yeah. phone calls specifically earlier. Has theater of the mind at radio, has that changed for you? In other words, have you either become more disappointed or been surprised in a positive way by how that has changed with radio? 
Oh man, can I? Okay, I'm just gonna say it. Fine. Can we please stop with the War of the Roses? Please. Can we please stop with it? Please. Can we just go back to authentic? Like, listen. I understand certain bits are gonna be what they are, but like, I just, I feel like at least in the late '90s and early 2000s, there was a lot of creative premises that were at least kind of went into a lot of the bits that I heard. Like, for example, another one of those stations I listen to a lot, shout out the Q102 in Philly, one of the best top 40 stations in the late 90s and early 2000s. There's so many people, I hope they're listening to this, and I hope you recognize the hard work you put into that station in the early 2000s. It was recognized. I listened. I was inspired. I used to uh, compete in sports competitions uh, during the uh, spring months in Philly, and I would always listen to, you know, uh, you know, them. And then of course, Wired 96.5 when it was around there. And that was sort of like the heyday of top 40 radio. I think really one of the really last heydays of top 40 radio in the, in the early 2000s. And I just think that when you have stuff like that, where things just run lightning speed, where you had a caller or where you could have that theater of the mind of even being out and, you know, doing mm-hmm. those club broadcasts or just getting those quick little recorded bits for the station, you can send back to the studio or whatever. Like mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's like, they're kind of like having to can these bits with actors across the country when like all I feel like I want as a radio listener is just something semi-local. I'm not even asking for a lot. Like for example, um, so I live in Sacramento right now. I, you know, there's this alternative station. It's mostly just music intensive, but they have a few personalities in the text line, but the afternoon guy and the mix show DJ were out here. It's actually a pretty big deal for the station. They do pretty well around here. And they were out at this live concert, free free show. I went out there. Afternoon guy was master of ceremonies. He met me for five minutes, actually led me backstage to have a quick meet and greet with the band for pretty much two minutes. I was able to take a photo with them. I was actually able to uh, ha- ask a couple questions to them too. It was really great. I mean, I was out, but he was really cool. And that was 10 minutes. But that yeah, 10 minutes right? for me as a listener is going to be so memorable. Like, remember, I do an afternoon show on an internet station as a broadcaster, and I do look at this like a professional, but this was me going to a concert as a listener and as a fan of Alt 94.7. Andy Hawk could not have been cooler. Andy Hawk from Alt 94.7 here in Sacramento could not have been cooler to just talk with me, actually just about being legally blind, like just about how, you know, because he advocated for ride shares in 2020 when the elections and stuff were going on. He was really talking about, you know, how blind people rely on. And I didn't know anything about him being legally blind at the time. But, you know, he apparently remembered me from his comment section because he walked up to me when his promotions uh, promotions person said that I was insistent on meeting him because I am a, I will be yeah. insistent. I will wait around your tent. I will wait around your tent until I meet the guy that I'm there to meet. But anyway, um, but I met him and... He was like, Brandon Charles. And I'm like, yes. And then we started talking about that. And it was, just, but like I said, something so cool and quick like that, that was 10 minutes for me, made my whole entire life. And that's all it takes with any of your listeners, 10 minutes. Real experiences for people. So listen, I, I'm going to strike at the heart of what you're doing right now. What advice would you have for somebody about how different online radio is than traditional radio? Or is it different? I think it depends on what you want to do. I, I don't take a very linear approach to online radio. I think there's a lot of people in radio that have this very combative attitude against different forms of radio. I was on the board of non-com uh, radio stations for like three or four years. 
I've helped internet radio stations that were freeform uh, get their programming strategies right, you know, just on the side, things like that. You know, I have friends that are, you know, like I have friends that are blind and they're happy running a freeform internet radio station where they can do their shows playing whatever kind of music they like. And they have a, a, a chat server and they all gather together and they can all have conversations and they laugh. And that's their community because a lot of them as blind people live in more rural areas where they don't get out of the house. So for them, that kind of a radio environment really works for them. And I think that's great. And, you know, I've helped them kind of build that out. But for what I'm doing, we do run it very much like what a commercial AAA radio station would run it like. I really, what my goal is ultimately is to do something that is respected by the labels, respected by my, by my peers in the industry and respected just just by the artists, just by, you know, I mean, if anything, if the mountain never makes me a sense, at least if I can start getting interviews with some of the newcomers in AAA, cause I'm so excited about the new artists. Like the one thing you'll notice when you hear me on the air in the afternoon on the mountain is when I genuinely start talking about some of these new artists that I'm playing, I'm genuinely excited about them. Like right. I, I was filling in on another classic hit station in our cluster. And I genuinely wanted to make sure I could focus on this because I want to build it and I want to spend time on this. I mean, I'm open to doing another station if it's the right opportunity, but like I've, I've recognized that it's going to be hard to find a regular paying radio gig. And I get it. It's like, Oh, another free online radio station. And, and I get it. Maybe it's, maybe that's not everybody's cup of tea. I know that everybody kind of, you know, has their own opinions, but the new generation has to learn somewhere. And Hey, that's right. there's a 21 year old kid who thought enough of his time in his high school internship at the river in Boston to create a radio station. That's an adult alternative station. How cool is that? It's really interesting at a time when people go, well, younger people may not be interested in radio so much. Here you got this guy. He's building something. No, you don't want to put him on for a second. He's so great. Beasley has him tracking at some, at some stations too. And he's doing great at the country station. Beasley. He is doing great. I get really irritated when I hear there is no young talent pool in radio. If you haven't heard, you haven't been paying attention. That's all I'm going to say. They're out there. I'm 34. He's 21. They exist. Listen a little harder. That's right. All right. So look, nobody knows the future. That's me letting you off the hook, by the way. All right. That doesn't, that does not stop us from asking our guests this question, which we find interesting. What do you think the future of radio looks like? Or what do you think you would like to see the future of radio look like? I think it goes to what I just talked about a few minutes ago uh, with what I got out of that live event. Everybody's, I just, I don't understand. I mean, and, and I'm actually looking forward to the discussion, by the way. I wanted to find a way to plug the fact that I'm really, really can't wait for the discussion with you and Fred Jacobs and Mike McVeigh in a few days about yes. the artificial intelligence and radio. But I do think people are getting a little overreactive with it as well. And I do think that you have to be, you have to be on site. There's no way a radio station is going to be successful if it's not on site with the listeners. Like the fact of the matter is, for example, let's take this station. I'm going to use this as an example. I'm not even just trying to pick on them. Let's take 94.7 here in Sacramento, all 94.7. I met Andy Hawk three years ago when I got here, they were still like for several years, they ran basically an automated jukebox where they were just asking for like, like and dislike text. They have the ability to do this stuff now because they have personalities. 
mm-hmm. in this market okay. who can now interact with people because they realize that having an alternative rock station that has a lot of rock shows, uh, having personalities actually being at those shows is good for your branding. So uh, you have to be there. So good luck having, uh, I don't know, uh, number five uh, from uh, Short Circuit at your uh, remote event, uh, meeting your listeners. Mm. Brandon, I want to thank you for spending this time with us and making this time to spend with us and for being our guest. Thank you so much for having me, Lloyd. I, I just, I really love the thoroughness. I was, you know, I listened to the interviews and I listened to a lot of what you've done over the last few years and I'm really happy about it. And then the one thing I heard at the end is how thorough you are. And then when I looked, I'm like, oh, wow, he really is very thorough. You're so kind. Listen, please don't take for granted what we're doing here and help us by sharing this episode from our website at RainmakerPathway.com and in the free blog section. That's where you'll find it. And of course, you can share it with others who are interested in growing their career in radio and audio. This episode of the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast is designed just like the other 100 plus that are already in our archive to encourage radio pros at all levels. Don't miss our upcoming episode that Brandon just uh, kind of pre-promoted for us. Uh, We actually have uh, an event coming up called Chat GPT and the AI Century. It is coming on June 14th, right here on the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. I'll be joined with Mike McVeigh and Fred Jacobs. We're going to talk about uh, if AI is going to take your job in the radio business, uh, what you can expect from forward-leaning AI in the future, June 14th. So that's right on us. It's coming up this week. Subscribers to our podcast will simply see that special episode pop right up on your smartphone. And we are excited about doing that with those guys. Listen, we want to thank our special guest today, Brandon Charles with Mountain Radio, assistant, music director, talent coordinator of the Mountain And a very special thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, which will be available just minutes after we finish this actual live interview. And JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing our podcast. Please do share the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast with others that you know are interested in growing their career in radio and audio. Subscribe for free on Apple, Audible, Spotify, or almost anywhere you get your podcast. If you don't remember anything else from this broadcast, please remember this. Be kinder than you have to be. Thank you for being a part of the Radio Rally with the Encouragers. Go make it a great weekend radio.